Welcome one and welcome all to the PFN Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Tate. You can find me on X over at Derek Tate NFL. That is the one and only Kyle Soppy. You can find him at Kyle Soppy PFN on X. We're talking some trade targets heading into week 10 of NFL action. Soppy, we are officially at the midway point of the 2023 NFL season. Anything that we've learned from the first half of the season that we can take as parting knowledge footnotes heading into the back half of the season? Anything that we've learned, how much time you got? I mean, we've got nine weeks of a sample size here with uh, every team in the league playing at least eight games. I mean, there's, yes, there's a lot to learn. Check out the cheat sheet. I'll give you 20,000 words of what I've learned up to this point on Thursday mornings. But I wanted to ask you, today's election day. So what are you voting for in week 10? Me personally, I need some excitement at the quarterback position. We've got some ugly games coming up this yeah. week. I don't know if you've looked at the schedule. It gets ugly in a hurry on prime time. Pretty much throughout once a week gets started, it's one banger after another as far as terrible games go. But we might get Justin Fields back. We might get Kyler Murray back. Like we might have some excitement in some spots. Maybe Will Levis does a Will Levis thing and it is it at least exciting. To me, that's what I'm voting for. And that gets my vote. I voted today, and that's what I'm voting for is some quarterback excitement in week 10. So if you're voting for quarterback excitement, I just want to be able to have some reliability with some of these quarterback situations. I'm I'm voting for middling to below average quarterbacks to make some of our favorite fantasy players relevant Ooh, okay. again here in 2023 for the back half of the season. Like guys like Garrett Wilson. Sure. I want to see Zach Wilson allow Garrett Wilson to scratch the surface of that high fantasy ceiling that he had. He had a beautiful matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers. What, they threw the ball, dropped back more than 50 times, and Wilson, again, didn't score a touchdown. He hasn't scored, I think, since week two. It's been a long time. I want to see some of these stud wide receivers stuck in bad offenses have big weeks because I truly believe in them heading into the back half of the season. That's my vote. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So speaking of let's do it, if you have not yet done so, this is your first time coming across the YouTube channel, go ahead, subscribe, click the like button on the YouTube channel, click the bell so you get the ding, ding, ding every single time we drop a new bit of content here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. If you're tuning in via podcast, of course, subscribe, rate, review, five stars. We really appreciate it. High five. Thank you for doing that in advance. Speaking of advance, when we're going to be talking about our trade targets throughout this entire episode, you can go to pfnfantasy.com and check out our trade analyzer. Run all of these players through our trade analyzer and make it specific to your fantasy league and your fantasy lineup. If you are interested in either buying or selling some of these players, it is a fantastic free tool that we have available over at our website. Soppy, before we jump into all of that, let's talk some rest of season risers, fallers. We'll start with risers. Who do you who do you see jumping up your board heading into week 10 of NFL action? I mean, he was jumping up my board prematurely the past couple of weeks, but I think the time is now. I think everybody can join me here on the Jonathan Taylor bandwagon, 45 to 13 snap edge over Zach Moss. We've seen him produce. We've seen him get these chunk plays on a consistent basis since he came back. He's got five catches orally, 75 rushing yards in each of his past four games. The time is now for Jonathan Taylor to return to elite form, and just in, the, just in the nick of time, we've got the Falcons and the Raiders in week 16 and 17 for the Colts this season. 
That puts him in a spot to be a potential league winner, which is what you drafted him for. That's what you were hoping for this summer. I think that's what you get this winter. Jonathan Taylor moving way up the running back ranks for the rest of the season. He almost nearly tripled the amount of carries on the ground over Zach Moss. That was the first time that he saw an overwhelming, um, you know, opportunity advantage over Zach Moss this season. I think it stays Mm -hmm. that way. Zach Moss will still be involved and probably vulture a touchdown here or there, but certainly the arrow pointing back up. Jonathan Taylor, welcome back to the consensus top 10 weekly rankings at the running back position. We missed you, buddy. Welcome back. So my rest of season riser, Deontay Johnson. Hey, he finally caught a touchdown pass from somebody not named Ben Roethlisberger. How about that? (laughs) You know, week in week nine, he finished as the wide receiver six in PPR formats. And in consecutive weeks, 14 targets in week eight, nine targets in week nine, seven receptions, 90 yards and a score. It seems as if he is fully back in the flow after being on IR for four weeks due to a hamstring injury. And it looks like he's the preferred target for Kenny Pickett under center as of right now, not to say that George Pickens will not continue to be involved and have some spike weeks and big plays down the football field. But Deontay Johnson is the, I think the better route runner of the two options. He's certainly the guy that is, uh, more capable of winning underneath in the short to intermediate part of the field, which could help Kenny Pickett continue to pepper him with targets. And this two game sample size is certainly one that's been very encouraging for Deontay Johnson. So he's jumping in back inside my top 24 and maybe even depending on matchup could start to sniff like top 20 consideration on a weekly basis. Couldn't agree more. It's hard to find guys with a consistent floor. Like it just is. You've got stuff on digs and you've got some guys at the top of the board. But once you get outside that top five, six, seven guys, it's hard to find. I think Deontay offers that the touchdowns, you know, it's hit and miss. He it's mainly miss. He scored. That's great. But you're paying for the volume and touchdowns are gravy like that'll work. That'll work. But speaking of what won't work, who is somebody that is falling down your rest of season rankings heading into week 10? And this is probably a little late here just because my stubborn ass wasn't willing to move on it earlier. Bijan Robinson. I mean, they're not giving him the ball. Arthur Smith is the bane of our existence at this point, and he doesn't seem phased by it in the least, even if they're losing games, even if he is the reason they're losing. Whatever. You get me started on Arthur Smith. We can talk, we can tackle that in June or something. But under 15 carries. And all but one game this season for B. John Robinson. Why did you draft him if you're not going to give him the ball? Tyler Algier, if you thought he was good enough to handle some of this workload, why not just make him the feature guy and not draft B. John Robinson? Why waste that draft equity? He's got nine targets for eight yards, Derek. That's under a yard per target over the past three weeks. Not getting yeah. it done here. No matter what I think, he's bizarro Rashad White. We think Rashad White's terrible, but he holds fantasy value. We think Bijan Robinson's great, but he doesn't right now. And that's a problem to me. He's dropping down my ranks because after nine weeks, I'm done with this. I'm getting off my stubborn soapbox here and downgrading him in my rest of season ranks. Losing a fumble certainly didn't help Bijan Robinson in week nine. And it feels as if Arthur Smith is almost going out of his way to intentionally give the fantasy football industry a one finger salute that I'm not going to go ahead and do on YouTube right now. Cause I don't want to have to have it blurred sure. or anything of that nature. We don't want to get this episode flagged or anything of that nature, but it certainly feels as if Arthur Smith is saying bump you guys, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, 
call this game the way that I see it. And I'm going to give carries and touches to players that I want to give, play, you know, touches and carries to, not who, not who you tell me I need to, which feels like a weird way to plant your flag. Uh, that's why we kind of saw Jonu Smith get a tight end carry on the one yard line and then Tyler Algier get stuffed as well. And oh, by the way, that may have been the difference in the game. You outthink yourself instead of giving the ball to a dynamic playmaker like Bijan Robinson. So joke's on you, Arthur Smith, in my opinion, but certainly his... Sapi, you nailed it with the pass-catching floor, which was there in the beginning of the season and has not been there the last oh. three games, definitely the last two where, you know, he wasn't, you know, dealing with some sort of illness. So that being said, with, with you know, Taylor Heineke not having Drake London, still Bijan only seeing four targets for two catches and eight yards, such a disappointing performance against the Minnesota Vikings. Certainly can understand why he's falling down your ranks just a little bit. For me, it's Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Kenneth Walker getting out-snapped by Zach Charbonnet in two straight games, two straight dud fantasy performances, and this one was far worse than what we saw against the stingy Cleveland defense. Again, Baltimore, a very good defense in their own right by, by all means. But nine carries, 16 yards, and just two receptions over the last two games. This Seahawks offense had a terrible performance against the Ravens, so maybe we can throw this one out the window. But I, I, I don't want to just continue to look the other way and just say, oh, no, Kenneth Walker's a top 10 play at the running back position when he's failed to see 50% of the snaps in two straight games, and his usage is very concerning. So, Soppy, I've got Kenneth Walker falling out of my top 10 this week at the running back position. Easily. So. Easily. And the, the Walker thing really grinds my gears here because he did nothing wrong to lose this usage. Like, if you want to say Bijan wasn't great when he was getting – like, he really didn't have a chance to succeed or to fail. Kenneth Walker was a stud through the first month and a half of the season, and now we're just taking food off his plate. I don't fully get it, but I agree with you. Right now, until we see something otherwise, you got to move him down. A little bit confusing when it comes to Kenneth Walker, a situation worth monitoring there in the Seattle backfield with Pete Carroll also being very willing to give other running backs run. We've seen that in the past with Pete Carroll. So let's move on to trade targets. Soppy, again, we're going to you know run some of this through our trade analyzer over on the uh, PFN Fantasy um, website. Fantastic tool, but we're going to go ahead and give you some names here at the running back position to kick things off to target via trade. Who is your number one running back to buy heading into week nine? I'm going to go Khalil Herbert heading into week 10. That is, we're looking Sorry. at... It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. He can come off of IR this week, and we're expecting him to do so. Nobody in the Chicago backfields really stood out. I know Foreman had the one big game against the Raiders. It is what it is. Guys walk into one big game all the time. He's been ordinary. Otherwise, your guy Roshan Johnson right now looks like a third down only option. To me, that's not where Herbert was going to thrive anyway. Before the injury, 32 touches, 198 yards, and a touchdown in his previous two games. And then you look at the schedule. It just kind of ramps him up to a nice spot here. He's got Thursday night football this week, so that gives you the long week going into week 11. Then he's got one normal week, and then you got the bye again. So he can be eased into action here, hopefully thriving at the right time. I don't think the asking price is too high coming off the IR. I mean, we haven't seen him in a month, so nobody's going to charge you a premium. Khalil Herbert, a nice running back buy right now. And it is worth noting that he was listed as a full participant for Monday's practice estimate. So that's very encouraging. 
it's unfortunate that it's on a short week, right. him being eligible to return in week 10. So it's definitely worth monitoring as far as his availability for this week. But even if he doesn't play in week 10, he is certainly someone that I think the rest of season is very intriguing and could be a viable running back two option down the home stretch. For me, you mentioned him last week on this podcast, Sapi, Tony Pollard. And I always thought it was a little bit weird. I didn't want to try to target Tony Pollard in a trade heading into a matchup against that Philadelphia front because I kind of thought sure. eh, he's probably going to struggle again this week as far as efficiency goes and probably not have a huge game on the ground against the Eagles. Still, his efficiency was all right, though. 12 carries, 51 yards against that stout Philadelphia run defense. Still three receptions, 12 yards. He, he, running back 18 currently. But the the schedule gets a little bit softer in the near future here, Soppy. So this is where him playing the New York Giants, who are probably going to have to roll out Tommy DeVito under center this oh, yeah. week. The Carolina Panthers, who give up the most uh, – points to opposing running backs in all of fantasy football on a per game basis up to this point of the season. That's what they've got in two weeks. Then the Washington commanders who just fire sailed, you know, two very talented players along that mm -hmm. defensive front in. So the next three matchups to me feel like Tony Pollard can get right. And right now, while he's continuing like this slump, I would say over the last, you know, six games or so, I think now's a good time to go ahead and try to buy Tony Pollard because I don't think anybody's going to try to charge that running back one premium uh, because of what he's done over the last month of the season. I hope you're right. I have way too much Pollard uh, exposure here for him not to bounce back. So let's get Tony Pollard some, uh, some action here. Some scoring would be great. Uh, yes, it would be. <laughs> That's not the kind of the name of the game in fantasy football. Speaking of the name of the game, we also have to try to target some running backs to sell heading into week 10. Who's your running back to sell this week? I mean, this is Ramondre Stevenson for me. We're going to have this conversation with Stevenson and a guy like Damian Pierce if he has a big game this week. They're just guys that it's one week. Like, we're dealing with a sample size here large enough to know that Ramondre Stevenson is not in a spot to succeed. He had a 64-yard touchdown on Sunday. You want to know how many games before that he had with 64 rushing yards this year? Not a one. Not a one. He had one carry that was longer than any rushing total he had previous to this year. He was given an opportunity to touch the ball five straight plays to open the game. On that first drive, he had a chance, be a target or carry, five straight plays. He finishes the game with 13 touches. This offense isn't going anywhere. They're stuck in the mud. They can't give him volume, and I'm not confident that he's going to rattle off big plays like this. So to, for me, Ramondre Stevenson, I'm not even sure if he's a sell high because I'm not sure anybody's willing to buy into what we saw last week as far as production goes he's just a sell just move on from him you're not going to be comfortable playing him any week yeah that 64 yard touchdown run definitely inflates the numbers a little yeah. bit it was his best fantasy performance of the season with 22.9 fantasy points in a ppr format so if there is a sell high window if anybody believes that Ramondre stevenson can still return on running back two or even low end running back one value i would hit the sell button immediately on him uh so speaking of which i mean are you targeting like a wide receiver three in return for Ramondre Stevenson? Like wh what sure. would you, if he's on your roster, what are you trying to like offload him for? Give me the, like the lowest name that you can think of just so to kind of, you know, paint the picture of exactly wh what you're willing to, to take in return for getting Stevenson off your roster. 
I would almost take any piece that you're comfortable that's even in the flex conversation for you. If that, I know Tyler Lockett hasn't been great. He's been struggling. If you want to go that route, if you want to go George Pickens after Instagram gate and he's putting up pictures of him not being happy and having negative receiving yards, do you want to go that route? Sure. You want to go Chuba Hubbard? Fine. Like anybody that's being featured in their offense that has an avenue to touching the ball. If you, I, I don't think it would be an option, but if you want to go James Conner, he's missed a month. Like He's coming off IR sooner than later. Maybe you can get him because, you know, at least Stevenson's been healthy. Brian Robinson relies on touchdowns. I don't love that, but maybe you can go that route. If there's anybody in the consideration that you can move Stevenson for, I would right now. Well, it's going to be a similar conversation for a player that I think is a bit more talented and certainly has a track record of fantasy success in the past for my running back to sell this week, and that's Aaron Jones. So we finally saw for the first time all season long, Soppy, him see more than 10 carries a game. So not only did he see more than 10, he saw 20 for 73 uh, and a score, four receptions, 26 yards. This is more in line what we believe Aaron Jones is in those type of performances he's capable of. The problem is, Soppy, and I know you're the resident Packers fan. Tell me I'm not crazy. This felt like a specific set of circumstances where they were feel, they were facing off against, a obviously, a Rams offense that was without their starting quarterback, which then changed the entire dynamic of that in, entire contest uh, because you had to rely on Brett Rippon to try to generate scoring drives and they just weren't capable they also are without kyron williams they're starting running back the rams are a makeshift nest right now on the offensive side of the ball even more so than the green bay packers just because of that injury to stafford i just had so prior to this week outside of that season one running back one overall finish against the chicago bears we just I haven't seen enough to feel confident that this is the Aaron Jones that we're going to be getting moving forward. It's encouraging that he looked healthy, Soppy. I'll say that much. But it's still I think it's an outlier performance with a specific game script that favored this type of usage for Aaron Jones. So I'm actually trying to get off of him this week. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, that last part is the key to all of this. It was a favorable game script. How often are the Jordan Love Packers going to be in that spot? Here's an answer. Never. They get the Steelers this week underdog and then they get Herbert then they get Jared Goff then they get Patrick Mahomes this team isn't going to be in the spot that they were last week very often so I think that's a sharp play by you speaking of sharp plays you need to check out this underdog promo the NFL season just keeps on rolling along which means that we get to talk about some really cool exciting new exclusive offers underdog fantasy is now offering new customers that sign up with the promo code PFN or you can just click the link in your podcast description a deposit match of up to $100 plus a mystery pick'em special in the pick'em lobby to use right from the jump all you have to do is click the link in your podcast or show description sign up make your first deposit for access and you will find the special player you got right there in the pick'em lobby I think you're going to want to go ahead and take advantage of that so sign up now with the code PFN and take advantage of this ridiculously awesome offer today so moving on to the wide receiver position trade targets Who's your top wide receiver to buy heading into week 10? I think you were ahead of the curve on this, and I'm going to, I'll tell you here. I think you can go out and get yourself some exposure to Adam Thielen after consecutive weeks, not in the top 30. People are forgetting that he was a top 40, a top 25 receiver for each of the four weeks prior. He's got a rookie quarterback under center. That's going to, ups and downs are going to be a part of the equation. That's just, it is what it is. But 
Adam Thielen, no target competition in Carolina these days. We think they're going to be playing from behind on a consistent basis. They've got a pretty good run out here. You've got Chicago this week, then Dallas, and then consecutive pass funnels with the Titans and the Buccaneers. So that's a good spot. They're past their buy, so you don't have to worry about navigating that down the stretch. Adam Thielen, a nice buy here moving forward after two down games. I am 100% on board with going and getting the kiss stealing. Woo! Wheeling, dealing, Adam Thielen. Sorry, a little Ric Flair reference there for you. So you mentioned earlier the Arizona Cardinals potentially getting back James Conner from injured reserve. Mm -hmm. There's also another player that could be returning to the lineup in week 10, and that is quarterback Kyler Murray. So if that is the case, I instantly love Marquise Hollywood Brown. Coming off a performance where he only caught four passes for 24 yards, the entire Arizona offense just was putrid with Clayton Tune under center. I mean, we kind of find out exactly what Josh Dobbs brings to the table because he played in week nine and actually stole a game, uh, you know, without knowing everybody's name in the offensive huddle for the Minnesota Vikings. But the point is, you know, we saw Clayton Tune. The Arizona Cardinals saw Clayton Tune, and they said enough of this. I imagine we're going to see Kyler Murray in week 10. We know he has plenty of chemistry with Marquise Hollywood Brown. Certainly the quarterback play is going to be competent enough to make Hollywood Brown, I think, a top 24 play uh, consistently down the back half of the season, assuming Kyler Murray comes back and is healthy and does start in week number 10. So off of a down performance and really only one quality outing in PPR formats in one out of the last four games, I think you can get Marquise Brown at a pretty reasonable price. And I think he's going to be able to be a reliable wide receiver too for the remainder of the season and assuming Kyler Murray gets back under center. Let's put some names to that. If Kyler's back this week and let's say for the sake of argument, he's healthy the rest of the way. Marquise Brown or Chris Godwin? I think I'd rather have um, Hollywood Brown. All right. Hollywood Brown or Jacoby Myers? This one gets a little bit trickier. I just can't see Devontae Adams continuing to not have a feature role in this passing game for the Raiders. I'll go with Hollywood Brown. All right. Last one, Calvin Ridley or Hollywood Brown. Rest of the way, assuming it's Kyler Murray. I still believe in Calvin Ridley, and maybe I'm being stubborn about that one. Join the club. Um, yeah, you and I both are going down with the ship. <laughs> so I I think it's close, but I, I think better days are ahead. I, I know I've been saying that since like week three for Calvin Ridley, but I truly believe that Ridley and, and Lawrence will get on the same page and will start to produce top 15 fantasy performances uh, down the back half of the 2023 NFL season. Moving on. Staying at the wide receiver position, but who's the number one wide receiver to sell heading into week 10? I'll go ahead and move on from Tank Dell after the historic C.J. Stroud performance. I, I get that it was a great performance. Don't get me wrong. We talked about him on DFS, so hopefully people cashed in in that regard. And C.J. Stroud, the real deal. Don't get me wrong. He is very capable of producing. They clearly want to move the ball through the air, whether it's Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary. They are not comfortable running the ball because they can't. So C.J. Stroud, I think, is more sustainable than a guy like Tank Dell. You've got Nico Collins. Still the clear-cut number one, in my opinion. I mean, he only had three catches. C.J. Stroud breaks all these records, and his number one receiver has three freaking catches. Can you tell that burned me a little bit? I'm not thrilled about that, but it is what it is there. Tank Dell still a distant second at best. I would argue third. I think Dalton Schultz is ahead of him. We saw Brown get involved. I don't know how sustainable or sticky that is, but Tank Dell, undersized third option with a rookie quarterback. I think there's going to be 
plenty of ups and downs. I'm not here for the downs this time of year. So I'll go ahead and move Tank Dell after the big week nine. So I think there's certainly a conversation to, in case to be made for whether Tank Dell is the number two or the number three option in this passing game. But I, I think there's a world right now where the Houston Texans who can't run the football and are running their offense through a rookie quarterback that feels like he's almost going to run away with the offensive rookie of the year award uh, with how CJ Stroud is playing this season, that Tank Dell is a pseudo number two. And in fact, you can even argue that is Nico Collins truly a bona fide number one option in this passing game? I feel like they have three important cogs that are all capable uh, options for CJ Stroud. It's just that Tank Dell offers some big playmaking ability after the catch and like what he's done out of the slot. And I've been very thoroughly impressed with Tank Dell. Certainly this does present a a sell high window for anybody that believes in this breakout performance being one that's going to continue to happen. So certainly he's just very intriguing to me. Um, Speaking of intriguing, I'm still not 100% sold that Chris Alave is a bona fide top 15 fantasy option for the remainder of the 2023 NFL season. Sure. Encouraging that he's, you know, saw a target six receptions, 46 yards. Really his fantasy performance was saved by the fact that he scored a touchdown, but he still scored and is still very capable and can be very productive. And we saw that even in the beginning part of the season, but I just get concerned that there's a lot of moving parts to this New Orleans Saints offense. We continue to see Taysom Hill <laughs> being very fantasy relevant at the tight end position, that the cheat code that he is. And I'm still not convinced that him and Derek Carr are the best fantasy pairing. Uh, I, I love Derek Carr and Alvin Kamara together, but I'm still not 100% convinced that Alave is going to be a top 15 play at the wide receiver position the rest of the season. He feels more of a kind of boomer bust wide receiver two option uh like low end wide receiver two for for me personally from what i've seen with their time with alvin Kamara back in the lineup so i think that this presents a little bit of a window to go ahead and try to get off of chris alave with him scoring a touchdown seeing a a nice target share and it just does it i don't i don't feel like i'm getting off of him too early because I just I've seen enough of Alave in this passing offense with this quarterback and with that check down option out of the backfield that make me feel like his ceiling has been significantly capped and I still want to cash in on maybe the name value off of a competent fantasy performance this week. Yeah, he's not catching nearly the fantasy slander that a guy like Garrett Wilson is, but if we don't think Derek Carr's the solution at the quarterback position, I think you're in a good spot to sell here. I I don't see him going. Maybe he goes off down the road. The talent is that good. But for the rest of November, it doesn't look great. Minnesota's a top 10 defense through the air over the past month. Then he goes on by. Then he gets A.J. Terrell in Atlanta. Like, this isn't going to get better anytime soon, or at least it doesn't project that way. So we'll move on to the onesies position. So quarterbacks and tight ends to target via trade. Let's start with the number one quarterback to buy heading into week number 10. Sapa, who you got? Give me some Jared Goff. I mean, it's been three weeks since he's been usable. He had two down weeks. He had the bye week, so he's kind of off people's radar right now. People still have that misconception in their head, A, that Jared Goff's terrible because we've seen it, but he's been better since he got to Detroit, and B, that the Lions aren't that good. But we know they're one of the best teams in the NFC. He plays for a great team in a good offense. The Lions, I mean, they're clearly bought in. 
right? They brought in Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's not a long-term, let's win the Super Bowl in 2030 kind of move. That's a, I'm, I'm not happy with Jamison Williams. I want to invest in this offense right now. If I'm banking on a fantasy quarterback, I want his team to be bought in to make this work right now. Like Bryce Young in Carolina, he might be the answer down the road, but they have no motivation to go balls to the wall right now. Jared Goff and the Lions do. I'm seeing that, and they've only got one potential weather game the rest of the way. We talk about his indoor-outdoor splits all the time. Only one potential weather concern the rest of the way. Jared Goff passed his bye now. To me, a top-10 quarterback moving forward. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how this Lions offense operates once David Montgomery gets back into the fold because we've seen Jameer Gibbs in back-to-back performances just light it up. And his role, not only on as far as a pure ball carrier, but also his role in the passing game has given this offense a little bit more juice. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown is Amon Ross St. Brown. Sam Laporta is great. But they are in search of a third complementary piece that can get vertical and allow Jared Goff to push the ball down the field to open up probably all these passing and running lanes for these talented skill position players that I just mentioned. So Jared Goff, certainly a very intriguing name and a consistent fantasy option for the majority of the 2023 season. Very excited to see what he can do towards the back half of the year. I'm going to move on to a guy that we all believe is an MVP caliber quarterback, or it at least has shown us that type of ceiling in the past. And that's Justin Herbert coming off of a weird Monday night game where they score a, punt return touchdown Zach Wilson and the Jets offense didn't score a touchdown so they could just kind of lean on a lead that they had the entire game from pretty much wire to wire so Herbert only going for 136 yards and you know what 17 rushing yards was sacked five times against a Jets defense that is playoff caliber and certainly capable of of doing having these type of performances against MVP caliber quarterbacks I think it's an outlier week for Justin Herbert. I believe better days are ahead. Uh, I know they're going to be playing against Detroit. They have some tough matchups left on the slate, but for the most part, Herbert's a a set-it-and-forget-it type of quarterback option. If anybody is worried about his performance against the New York Jets, I'd at least be willing to throw in a couple trade offers to see if I can get Herbert towards the back half of the season. 100% agree. The Chargers don't control games like that against anybody. They're never convincing wins, so they're always tight late. I'm with you on Herbert. So let's move on to the tight end position. Uh, Who you got for your number one tight end to acquire heading into week 10? It's all sorts of boring, but that's what the tight end position is these days. Give me Logan Thomas. He's seen at least six targets in three straight games, 72% catch rate for the season. I trust Sam Hall to spread the ball around. That's going to get him his fair share of looks. The upside's not great. He's not going to be a top five tight end on a consistent basis, but I have a hard time seeing him falling outside the top 12 or 15 on a week-to-week basis. To me, that's enough to stabilize the position it's just, it's ugly. The tight end possession's ugly. There's no way about it. Jahan Dotson coming on strong. That does open up the middle of the field and those short targets. Logan Thomas is going to be good for four to six catches for 50 yards and get out of town with your six to eight half PPR points and be happy with it. You even sound like you're saying, oh, it's ho-hum. It is. In your voice. <laughs> and it's like, you know, not super exciting. I get it though. Uh, Logan Thomas is certainly somebody that has had a consistent role in this commander's passing game and figures to be a part of it as the team continues to you know kind of lean on Sam Howell to throw the ball through the air to generate points and I think that they're going to get a closer look at Howell and the rest of this passing game as we approach the back half of the 2023 NFL season now yours was not as spicy as mine 
I'm saying if, you, if there is a fantasy manager that has Travis Kelsey right now heading into a bye week, and that okay. team is desperate. We just saw Travis Kelsey really put up two subpar performances, only six catches, 58 yards against the Denver Broncos in week eight. But then it gets the Miami Dolphins, three catches for 14 yards. It's been a long time since we've seen Travis Kelsey post that type of stat line. And for any fantasy team or fantasy manager that has Travis Kelsey that is below 500 and they've really got to go on an immediate run, Travis Kelsey having a bye week in week 10 gives you an opportunity to try to go and get Travis Kelsey right now. You may have to pay some sort of premium because it's Travis Kelsey. He's the best tight end in all of football. But I think it's worth trying to send out those offers because the fact that those fantasy managers are not going to have Travis Kelsey no matter what here in week 10, and they probably can't afford to take another loss. So if you're in a league where a, a fantasy manager is in a tough spot, losing record but or a middling you know team around 500 and can't afford another loss, I'm willing to have that open that conversation for Travis Kelsey. You may be pleasantly surprised with the results. Yeah, no, I like the angle here, especially because you look at Jamokes like Cole Komet or Kate Otten produce on a week-to-week basis at the tight end position. So if you do that, you bring in Travis Kelsey and you need to stream the position for one week, throw a dart, you might strike gold. Yeah, even if you take a zero at tight end this week, if you get Kelsey the, the, yeah. for the <laughs> remainder of the season, you're a playoff I'm on team. board yeah. with it. <laughs> so let's move on to the quarterback position. Sapi, is there anybody, any quarterback you want to sell right now with all of these injuries to the quarterback position? I mean, if you have a healthy, if the guy you drafted remains healthy and active, I don't think you can sell him. Dak Prescott's the guy that's producing over his head right now, but you're talking selling him going into a Giants matchup. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense because he could go for, he could very well continue this hot streak for another week and you might be able to cash him in for even more. If you're going, if there's a desperate manager in your league that needs to win this week, go ahead, sell them. Dak Prescott is the top five quarterback. Promote that he's got a big week 10 ahead of him against the Giants overmatched team and go from there and, you know, take that for what it's worth. But no, I mean, at the end of the day, there aren't 10 good, healthy quarterbacks right now. I can understand why some are just very encouraged by what they've seen from Dak Prescott over the last couple of games, as they should be. I mean, two straight performances with over 300 yards passing and and seven touchdown passes combined over that stretch. So Dak, you know, certainly putting up bonkers numbers right now. And some of the matchups are actually kind of favorable towards the back half of the Mm -hmm. season. But Dak Prescott is probably somebody you did not draft as your quarterback one heading into the season. So why not try to go go ahead and sell Dak Prescott, if you have another competent option under center, so you're not having to rely on Dak, it does seem like they've turned the corner a little bit, but certainly with his back-to-back performances, I think you can get something of value for Dak Prescott right now. So, Sapi, before we wrap this up, who's your number one tight end to sell heading into Week 10? I mean, it's got to be Cole Komet, but right now you're just going to you're gonna sell the, whatever the flavor of the week is, the flavor of the month at the tight end position. He's got five touchdowns over his last five games. I get that he's been paying off. Missed me with that. I'm not betting on this offense if I can help it. If you can cash him in for a flex-worthy person, he's no better. He's part of this tight end blob that we keep calling a blob because it's, it's like 15 tight ends deep where you could just close your eyes and pick one. Cole Komet, no different than that. For me, he's under 55 receiving yards in six of eight games this season. I don't think that's changing. The touchdown luck's going to swing the other way. Cole Komet, a fine sell if you can right now. 
So I'm, I'm a little bit on board with it because I'm actually very intrigued with what Cole Komet can do once Justin Fields returns to the lineup. Yeah. But until we get clarification that Fields is coming back, you know, he does have a dislocated thumb on his throwing hand. So there's no guarantees as to when he'll be back in the lineup, in particular on a short week heading into week 10. But, you know, Cole Komet has played very well. I just don't know if it's sustainable. And speaking of sustainable, you know, Kyle Yates is a big shit Chicago Bears fan, right? And he's also been a huge fan of John U. Smith in the past. (laughs) So I feel as if both of our tight ends to sell picks are like almost, you know, in in reference to Kyle Gates uh, when he listens to this. But John U. Smith, the tight end for the Atlanta Falcons, I feel like this is a screams an opportunity. If anybody's buying John U. Smith, then... I think it's a good week to get off of him because it was literally his first 100-yard performance of his NFL career in week number nine. And that came with a set of circumstances with a new quarterback making his starting debut in a new uniform and Taylor Heineke. And oh, by the way, Drake London wasn't even active for this contest, who is the team's top option at wide receiver. Oh, and a 60-yard screen pass. Like, that's part of it, too. You beat me to that. <laughs> That's tr- also very true. So all of these things, you know, while John U. Smith has certainly been far more productive and fantasy relevant than I anticipated heading into this season and almost speaks to how Arthur Smith is frustrating all fantasy managers, you know, with when it comes to Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson in particular with, you know, Tyler Algier and John U. Smith having fantasy relevant roles-ish. It's still something where I'm not buying into John U. Smith being a you know top 15 consistent option in my weekly fantasy tight end ranking. So if you can get something for him right now in the open market for a team that needs a tight end in week 10, go ahead and shop him out and see what you can get. So speaking of seeing what you can get, you see what you get here on the PFN Fantasy Podcast. If this is your first time coming across the YouTube channel, go ahead, subscribe, like, review, all of that. We really appreciate all the love and support. Click the bell so you get notified every single time we drop a new bit of video content here on the YouTube channel. If you're tuning in via podcast, of course, go ahead, subscribe, rate, review, five-star review, high five for doing it in, in, in advance. We really appreciate all the love and support. Don't forget to go to pfnfantasy.com and check out all of our tools, whether it's the the trade analyzer or the start sit optimizer, uh, the DFS optimizer. We have a ton of fantasy tools to go ahead and help you dominate your fantasy league. And oh yeah, by the way, they're all free. So go ahead and do that. Uh, check out Kyle Sapi. You can find him on X at Kyle Sapi PFN. I am Derek Tate. You find me on X over at Derek Tate NFL for Kyle Sapi. I'm Derek Tate. And until next time, everybody later says the tape.